0: Well, good morning, if you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 will be there in just, uh, just a moment. Let me remind you where we are. It's important to, when you hear a message like this, to know where it fits in with the context of other things that have been going on in our, uh, our, our church life. Uh, God has given me a new passion, a new uh, immediacy about reaching out to folks who, who don't know Him, who do not have any relationship with Him, who, who just don't have a concept of God at all. And that that passion is being translated into encouraging my church to get back to a place that we were at one time, much more outreaching, much more evangelistic. And so in the process of this. You know, we shared with you some, some vision statements that we believe it is so important to keep the main thing the main thing. And that main thing is reaching out to people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, lost and unchurched folks. And so in order to, to prepare for this, uh, we, we gave a Sunday that we just talked about awareness. Being aware of the people around us who, who are not engaged in church, who don't know the Lord, who don't know anything about faith in Christ. That awareness there. And then afterwards, we began a prayer initiative, and we said, we need to be praying for folks like this and praying for us to have opportunities to speak into their lives. And then we took a Sunday, we set aside looking just at the gospel, and how do we share the gospel? What is the gospel? What is it that we need to share with this lost world? And we went through that biblically, and we also went through it with a couple of apps that I showed you how to download on your phone to help you to where you can have the gospel in your hand at any moment. When, when I was first saved, we didn't have any of that kind of stuff, but I had a little Gideon New Testament that I kept in my pocket, and it had the plan of salvation in it, and it was always there with me, and I would reach to use that. Now we don't go anywhere without our, our, our phones, and we can have that on our phones. So anyway, we talked about that and the need to share the good news of what Christ has done. Then we took a Sunday that we talked about how to tell our story, how to tell our our own testimony, our own story about how Christ has transformed our own lives. And we we took time to do that. And then even that Sunday evening, we had opportunities for people to share their stories and tell their stories uh, here with us to, to encourage us in the process. Then last week we talked in terms of how we really want to uh, partner together to reach families with children still at home, the immediacy of that need of reaching children when they are still very young and the statistics that go along with that. Today, I want us to to finish up this part of this series by talking about partnership. Partnership. And Paul was talking about that partnership in Philippians chapter 1. So if you've turned there in your Bible, Philippians chapter 1, I want you to look with me at verse 3. Philippians chapter 1, and verse 3. Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, <clears throat> always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy. For what? For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So Paul is saying, I I remember you always in my prayers. What is it he remembers? The incredible joy that he had with them. What gave him joy? What was he remembering? Was the fellowship, the partnership, the teamwork that they had as a church in reaching a lost city. Which they did in an incredible fashion. They reached Philippi in in an incredible way. Let's pray. Father, as we take this word from you, I I just pray that we'll open our hearts because you've opened yours. You have become transparent with us about your desire for your people, your church. And we want to be transparent in our response back to you. So Lord, we're, we're open, we're listening. Speak to our hearts. I ask in Christ's name. Amen. I, I think the early church and the church at Philippi especially had something that somehow we've missed that we're a bit lacking. When they came together they came together to celebrate what they'd been doing all week long. What had they been doing all week long? All week long, they had been sharing the gospel and sharing their testimony and telling people about the difference that Christ has made in their lives. And when they came to gather together, it was to celebrate what God was doing, how he was touching other lives and bringing some of these people with them. And so they understood that it takes a team. That it takes cooperation, that it takes coordination, that it takes us all doing our individual part to see a community transformed for Jesus Christ. I think we've kind of lost that. I think it's very easy. It is easy for me. Let me first of all just, just say for me, it's easy for me to go very comfortable in church. And church being about me and about what I enjoy, what I desire, uh, having my needs met and, and having my preferences, whether it's the singing or, 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 or the preaching or whatever. That, those, those are things, it, it makes church very much about me. And that's, that's so easy. And I think if we, would be, if we would be honest, many of us would say, you know, that's, that's kind of where we are, that we come to church, we've chosen this church because it meets our needs, Okay. And there's an aspect of that we always want to be true. But listen, the purpose for the gathering together, the purpose for the church was to cooperatively, together, corporately, do the work of sharing the gospel and and encouraging one another in that. And I think sometimes we've got to to stop feeling inward and start feeling out. We have to stop being as concerned about what's going on here and how it meets my needs and how we can reach out and say, how do we reach the needs of the hurting around us and those who don't know Christ, being aware of them, praying for them, sharing with them the gospel, sharing with them our story. Uh, but we do this in a partnering way. So I want to look this morning. How is it that the church, Big C here together, can partner with the church individuals all around our community to see more people come to faith in Christ? To talk about the partnership. That's what we want to deal with today. Okay? So I want you to turn to, to Ephesians chapter 4 for a moment. We're going we're to be there in just a minute. Not quite yet, but in just a moment. Ephesians chapter 4. didn't have it marked head in my Bible. There you go for The first way that we can partner together is in training, preparing, training and preparedness. I, I want you to understand something about God's calling on the church and God's ch- calling upon us as individuals and God's calling on my life. And a lot of it flows out of this passage in Ephesians chapter 4. Will you begin reading with me with verse uh, 11? And he himself, meaning Christ, and he himself gave to the church, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Really, that's almost a hyphenated word, pastor, teachers, okay? Why? Look at verse 12 for the equipping, the training, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. I am a member, first of all, of First Baptist Church. That means I share the same responsibility we all share. And that responsibility is daily to so live my life in obedience with Him that that is apparent to the world around me. And then to be willing to share my story, to share my faith, to answer questions, to do whatever, to have the gospel go forth. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. We share that together. But uniquely my calling and the reason you called me here, I am the equipper of the saints, My my role is to equip the saints for their work of ministry. And that ministry includes ministering within the body of Christ, but it also includes ministering outside the walls of the church, ministering to those who are lost and unchurched and need to understand about Jesus Christ. So that's part of my role, is to constantly keep before you, how do we do this, all right? And so going back over the last several, several weeks to become aware of those who are lost around us, part of my job, helping to make you aware. Praying for those people who don't know the Lord. Part of my job, equipping you, helping you to be praying for them. Knowing how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Part of my job, training you to know what it is that you have to share. How to share your story. Me, my role, helping equip you, train you, showing you how to share your story with someone else. Okay, that's my unique role. I have a collective role that I have with everybody else here. But I have a unique role that my role is to help train you. Because it takes all of us to impact our community and our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is something we have to partner to do. And so I want you to see where this sets in, in context. First of all, partnership is where the church says, we're going to provide ways for us to learn. To learn how to be good representatives of Jesus Christ. To learn how to walk in holiness and godliness. To learn how to share our faith with others. That's, that's part of why we're here. Okay? So we come here together. Part of coming here together is for equipping. It's for training. Okay? So that's, that's the first way we partner. The second way we want to partner is together providing collective opportunities for us to do our work in the community. For bringing people to understand who Jesus is. So we provide collective opportunities, cooperative, us being together opportunities, for us to bring our family or friends to who need to hear the gospel, to need to have an opportunity to hear people sharing their faith and worshiping and all the rest of that. Have you ever wondered why we do some of the things we do here at church? Have you ever wondered why we have fellowships? Why we have things like the passion play or concerts, why we have special sermon series about this, that, or the other, or dramatic events, why we have you know picnics or VBS or all these things. Listen, listen very carefully. I'm going to tell you a secret. Don't let it out of this room. Here's the secret. It's not for us. It's not about us. We plan and fashion these events to give us the opportunity to bring family and friends to where they can come under the umbrella of seeing people loving Jesus, serving this community, loving God and serving Him, and collectively give you an opportunity, a place to bring folks to, to where they can witness genuine worship, where they can hear the gospel, to where they can be taught what the Scriptures is. This is why we do some of the things we do. Let me take you back for a moment. Why do we have Sunday school? What is Sunday school? What is our small, small Bible group with? To teach people the Word of God. That's what it is. We have Sunday school at our church, Bible studies at our church, so we can learn the Word of God better. No. When you understand historically how the whole concept of small group Bible studies Sunday school began, Sunday school was the primary outreach of the church during the days that we grew the strongest and the most. Small group Bible studies was the primary outreach arm of the church. What would happen? Well, we agreed that we're going to study this passage of Scripture this week. And so during the week we're studying it, and we're sharing it with our friends or family members. And then that Sunday we invite them to come with us as we study that together. And you know what we were finding? People were coming to faith in Christ hand over fist. Because gathered together in small groups where they could be loved on and encouraged and such as that. They could hear the word of God. They could come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And they were responding by coming to faith in Christ. But somewhere along the line, Sunday school became about us. Our classroom. With curtains on the walls. And cushioned chairs. With names on them. No, we don't have that here. But I mean, I've been in churches where that's the case. Okay. I really have. Somehow, somehow our, our small group Bible studies became about us. We were looking in what we need. Well, we need to go deeper. We need to study deeper, deeper. I'm all for studying deeper, folks. But listen the reason small group Bible studies began, call them Sunday school, small group, whatever you want to call them, their historical reason for beginning was to bring people into the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to partner with individual. Christians to provide a place where we could come together and bring our lost friends and loved ones together to hear what the Bible has to say about things so, so you, see, you see what we've done here we've taken this we kind of turned it inward when it was originally intended and designed to be outward It's the same thing with with when we have our fellowships. We had a fellowship here while over on on the green space, and it was a big picnic and a time we had all kinds of fun and everything. Did we have a lot of fun with that? Yes. Do we want all of our members to come and have a lot of fun with that? Yes. Many of you came up. But look, many of us took time to invite families to come. And we had, I think it was seven families. Not members of our church, but they came and the children were all involved. They were in the bouncy houses and they were on all the things that we were doing. The adults were enjoying the games and the fellowship together. And what you could see is the church, the church, believers in Christ, moving from family to family to family, loving on them and encouraging them and, and telling them what all else was involved in the body of Christ. The reason for it was not to get together and have fun. Though that's a byproduct of it and it's a lot of fun. But it was to have that opportunity for you to bring your friends, your family, your neighbors and such into a place that can have good Christian fun and we could fellowship together, and we had a blast. Can I tell you of those families, five of them are active members of our church now? Okay. Because the reason that we do these things is not for us to have a good time. We have wonderful opportunities all throughout our church. You know, one of the things that's drawing more and more people into just coming to be on this campus than anything else, our Feed the Hungry ministry, where once a month we, we feed people, we provide food for folks. No charge. Just, just, they just come in. They fill out a little form, fill out a prayer request sheet. We pray over them and such as that, and we, we give them food for their families. Did you know half of the manpower that works that week, month after month after month, are not members of our church? There are people who've either been touched by the ministry or they say, we want to be a part of this. And they come. And, and half of the people who help us month after month after month do that because they have found a place they can come and they can minister together. And they enjoy that. But what are they doing? They're reaching out and they're being able to pray for people who are not engaged in church anywhere. You see, it's part of partnering is to provide some of these opportunities to where each and every one of us can have, have friends and families that we can bring with us and say, hey, come, let me tell you what we're, we're my Sunday school class is having a game night over here in our ministry center and we have a blast come and be over there and let them be in the fellowship of godly men and women loving on one another, hearing those prayer concerns, being invited to a Bible study group to follow. This is what it's about folks church is about providing, part of what church is about is providing you an opportunity and a place to bring people So they can hear the gospel, hear the word of God, see our fellowship and be engaged in that. It's a tool. And it's not about you. Sorry. I know that's real disappointing for some of you. Downright offensive for some of you. But it's not designed to be about us. It's designed to be organized in such a way that it can bring people. And so, are you you taking advantage of this? Are you taking advantage of being trained? Are you taking advantage of having a place that you can bring family and friends to to where they can hear the gospel and they can be engaged? Look, this is why we do this. So, one of the things about partnering together is provide these opportunities. The third thing is very, very much like that, and that's where we can present the gospel corporately. We can present the gospel together all of that. I, I know some people are, are by nature very outgoing and gregarious and they've never met a stranger and they, they talk about anything about anybody and they find it very easy to talk about the gospel or to talk about their their experiences with Christ. But others are not that way. They're a little bit more laid back. They're a little more shy. They're not, not, not quite as, as at ease doing that. And you know, it's okay. God made us all different. Have you figured that out yet? God, God made us all different. and And, and so... But thankfully, as we come even as as, as shy and maybe not real knowledgeable about the Scriptures kind of folks, we can still bring our friends into those small group areas, into the worship areas and such, to where corporately people who are much more gregarious, much more outgoing in their faith, can share about that. That's partnering. That's partnering. And what better way to do that than corporately here in worship? One of the things that drew people to the early church was the incredible worship times that the early church had. When they would get together and pray for one another and sing the praises of God and open up the scriptures and learn what God was telling them about their their day-to-day life. That had a magnetism that pulled that lost world. And we, we forget that's corporately what we do. When you come to worship, now worship has to be about you individually. Okay, you've got to release your heart to love God and to worship Him and to adore Him, sing praises to Him, pray to Him, give for His glory, hear the Word of God to apply it into your life and respond. You've got to do that individually, yes. But listen, when we all do that corporately, it has a power and a magnetism that draws lost people. Years ago, a, a singer, his name was Carmen. He, he, he wrote a song and he talked about the first time that he'd come into a church and he saw people so happy in the Lord and they were singing genuine, heartfelt praise and they were responding to the Word of God. And the song he wrote was, Some of That. He said, I want some of that. And that's what the lost world needs. They need to see us so in love with Jesus and in love with one another that they say, I want some of that. How can they do that? When we partner together, when we partner together and you come here like the early church, not waiting all week to finally be blessed. But you come through after a whole week that you have been engaged in the trenches talking to people about the Lord, sharing with them your faith, and, and praying over those who are lost and being aware of others who need to come to the faith. And you come together, your cup is already full. And you're sharing with one another what God is doing in your life. And they're sharing with, one, with you what God is doing in their life. And together we praise the Lord and we worship Him. And we see power come down from heaven. Because we're partnering to do this together. We've been using this analogy of a spear. Well, let me tell you, that spear is hard to throw by yourself. It's mighty weighty, mighty heavy. But it's designed to be thrown together. It's designed to be thrown in partnership. So let me tell you one way we're going to start partnering with you. Okay? And we're going to start this soon. Not, not right away, but very soon. Within the next couple of months. We're going to be designing a worship service. So we're going to do this every month or t- couple of months or whatever. We're going to design a worship service that you know ahead of time. That everything is going to be designed towards sharing the gospel message. Everything—the way we pray, the way we, what we sing, uh, the testimonies that'll be shared, the sermon—everything is, is going to be just. The, that's the main design. We're not going to be talking about how Christians ought to live. We're not going to be talking about moral issues. We're going to be talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's going to be the time we're going to say, "Okay." Let us partner with you. You bring those people you've been working on. You've been sharing your faith with them. You've been sharing your story. You've been telling them about the gospel. Bring them into a community of faith and let the infection of Christianity come upon them. So when we tell you, okay, it's coming up now in a month. It's coming up in three weeks. It's coming up in two weeks. It's coming up next week. You're getting ready. Now, I can't charge you when you come in the door. But if I could charge you, I would charge you. You don't get in unless you bring somebody with you. Because that's why we'll be here that day. Partnering. Partnering together. This will be the day. This will be the harvest time. This will be nurturing time. This will be planting time that the gospel seeds are going to be put deeply into our community. And we'll do it together. Partnering. You know, it's not going to happen because it's an idea the pastor had. It's not going to happen because it's a passion that the staff shows. It's, it's not going to happen because the deacons have got on board and said, yeah, we really, this, this is where we got to go. Let's go, let's go. It's not going to happen. Unless you buy into it and you make it your own and this becomes our new culture, our way of life, that we're aware of people that are outside our doors that are hurting indeed Jesus. That we're aware that we need to be praying for them, sharing our faith with them. But we're going to be partnering to get that job done. There's a song I, I love to sing, an old song. It's called, I Love to Tell the Story. You know that song. And I do. I, I love to tell the story. I love to tell how before time began, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit agreed together that they were going to create the most beautiful environment you could imagine, the most meticulous and complex world that you could imagine. And so they designed to create the world. And then the epitome of that creation was going to be mankind, created in their image. But they also knew that in that perfect creation that they were creating man with a perfect flaw, A perfect flaw, yes. He gave mankind the opportunity to choose. To choose whether or not to receive God and his authority in their lives. Well, Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, they chose to reject God's authority in their lives. Sin entered the world and with sin came death. And everything that God had created living began slowly to die. But before time began, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit had also designed a plan. A plan whereby whereby mankind could be reunited in that love relationship with with the Father. And that plan involved the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, becoming a man himself, becoming his part of the creation, living a sinless, perfect life, and dying as a sacrifice to take the sins of the whole world upon himself. But the problem was he didn't stay dead. Dead couldn't hold on to him. Corruption couldn't touch him. He rose again on the third day to bring eternal life to anyone and everyone who would be willing to receive it. That's the good news. I remember the day that I heard it. I knew nothing about the God. I knew nothing about the Bible. But I heard that story for the first time. And I, the truth of it rang like a bell within my brain. And I said, I got to get that i got to have some of that in my life. Some of you are here today, and that's exactly where you are. Hearing the simple gospel shared, seeing around you how people's lives have been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, right now is the opportunity for you to say, yes, I want me some of that. I want Christ in my life. I want him to be the Savior and Lord of my life. And so in just a moment, Ed's going to come, and he's going to lead us in an invitation song. And we're going to have uh, Tony and and Eric going to be right down here at the front. I'm going to be here too. And if Holy Spirit is telling you, now's the time. If Holy Spirit is saying, yes, I want, you know, you want some of that. You want me to be your Savior and your Lord. I'm going to invite you to come in the next few moments. Take one of these guys by the hand and just say, I want to pray to ask Jesus into my heart. And they'll be right there on top of you. Will you do that with me? Let's pray together. Father, this is your time. It's not our time. It's your time. And we want to be faithful not only to speak the gospel, but to respond in faith to the gospel. So right now there are some people that need to say yes to you. There are others that need to join our church fellowship. Holy Spirit, you put it on their heart. You want them to be a part of this church family. There are others that you want them to come and pour their heart out here at the altar, praying for their lost friends or family members. This is time for us to say yes to you. So, Lord Jesus, give us the boldness. In your name we pray. Amen.